God can use such weak vessels as us to carry on the work of the gospel, to keep going in a church. That's why the Bible says, though I am weak, God is strong. And I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Right, Chrissy? Thank you for that song. You see me standing up here, I'm supposed to be preaching. I'm not a preacher. But if I depend on my own wisdom, I might as well go sit down over there and let somebody else get up here. But but I am weak, but Jesus and God is strong. So I'm going to give you a message tonight entitled, Whom do men say that I am? Not me, Jesus. Jesus said that to his disciples one day. If you'll turn to Matthew chapter 16, please. Matthew chapter 16. say this morning that I that I've been wanting to say for a long time. Oh you can sit. Yeah, you can sit. Very good. Ooh, almost missed. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16 and verses 13 and 14. When Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, Elias or Elijah, others Jeremiah or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. We'll stop right there. Uh, Jesus was not John the Baptist. Jesus was not Elijah. He wasn't Jeremiah. He wasn't one of the prophets. He was the Messiah. But what he came to Israel to fulfill prophecy and what did they say that he was? Who did they say that he was? I want to look at some of the things that the people of Israel said that Jesus was in the time that he was on the earth. Some said, he is a deceiver. John seven twelve says, And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, Jesus. For some said, he is a good man. But others said, nay, but he deceiveth the people. They didn't believe that he was the Messiah. He told them he was the Messiah. He told the woman at the well he was the Messiah. But they said he's a deceiver. How could they say he was a deceiver when they saw all those miracles that he did? Did he not prove that he was the Messiah by the miracles that he worked? And yet the Pharisees and the followers of the Pharisees and the leaders of Israel had so much pride that they did not want to yield to the Messiah. They said he's a deceiver. In John chapter 10, they said he's mad, he's crazy. John chapter 10, verses 19 and 20, there was a division, therefore, again, among the Jews for these sayings, and many of them said, he had a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? What a question. Why hear ye him? He's crazy. He's mad. He has a devil. Some said that he's possessed by a devil. Possessed by the devil. In Matthew 12, verses 22 to 24, verse 22 says, Then was brought on... Let's go there. Go to Matthew. I'm sorry. 
you're in Matthew anyway. Go to, back to Matthew chapter 12. I want you to read this. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, a few pages, pages back. Verse 22. <clears throat> then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. And that doesn't mean stupid, folks. I, I worked in the deaf ministry so many times. They don't like to be called dumb. Today, dumb means stupid, right? Dumb means he can't speak, okay? Blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is this not the son of David? Yes, it is. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. They said, he's possessed by Satan, and he casts out demons by the power of the devil. Jesus said, that's an unforgivable sin, folks. Therefore I say unto you, in verse 31, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven men. You know why he said that? Jesus himself, when he was in one of these synagogues, he stood up and he said, my power comes from the Holy Spirit. He stood up in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus said, I do what I do by the power of the Holy Spirit. And they said, Jesus does what he does by the power of the devil. And he said, Jesus said, God will not forgive that sin. But even today, you know, we don't think about that particular sin much today. But there is a sin today that God cannot and will not forgive. And that is the sin of unbelief. In John chapter 3, verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Do you believe on the Son? Do you? Do you have everlasting life then? We just sang a song this morning. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. Now that word, that term 10,000, doesn't mean that it's going to end after 10,000 years. That's just a, a figure of speech depicting eternity. When we've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun, we have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. When we get to heaven, I said this this morning, God tries to explain what heaven's like using terms that we can understand. But there's no terminology or words or thoughts that we can think of as, as weak humans that can correctly describe what, it's, what heaven is like. When we get there, we'll say, wow, this is a lot better than I thought it was. When we get there and we see God, can you imagine seeing the creator of the universe? Can you imagine what it's going to be like to see God? And can you imagine what... Listen to hear him say, I love you. I sent my son to die in your place. And you're going to stay here and live with me forever. 
and you're going to avoid the punishment of your sin because I, Jesus, paid for them on the cross. Can you imagine how you're going to feel? I Sometimes I sit in my chair and I try to think what it's going to be like the first time I see God, the first time I see Jesus. And I say, you're going to come and hug me. I want him to come and hug me and say, I did this for you. And I want to hug him and say, thank you. Some say that he's a criminal, or some said that he's a criminal. John chapter 18, verses 29 and 30. Verse 29, Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man, Jesus? And they answered and said to him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him unto thee. What's a malefactor? One who breaks the law, a criminal. They said, he's a criminal. They said, he's a deceiver. They said, he's mad. They said, he's possessed by a demon. They said, he works by the power of Beelzebub and not by the power of the Holy Spirit. And today, we say, I don't believe. I don't mean we as you, but people. People, the unbelievers say, I don't believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. But what about today? What do people say about Jesus today? How many times do you hear the name Jesus used as a curse word today? Taking his name in vain. Compared to using his name in, in, in praise and glory. How many times are you at work and something goes, you hear the guy down doing something, stubs his toe or something, and what's the first thing that comes out of his mouth? Takes the name of the Lord in vain. How many false religions are there around in the world? Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism. Why is that? Because people don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, is the Savior. And they turned from it. They turned their back on him and started their own religion. Isn't that the way it was in the beginning? It's that way now today. How many false religions are there today compared to the true Christian religion? Like what you have. What percentage do you think of the world are unbelievers? <laughs> Probably at least that. That was my stomach, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, I've been wanting to say this for a long time. One of the most influential things that the devil has used today is a musical that came out in 1970. It's called Jesus Christ Superstar. Back in 1970, when it came out, I went to see it. They made a movie about it. They made an album about it. And the whole purpose of Jesus Christ's superstar is not to praise Jesus Christ as a superstar, but to put him down as a man who just lost control of what he was doing. The hero 
of Jesus Christ Superstar. It's a musical, folks, okay? They sang it. They sang it all up. There's a whole bunch of songs all the way through it. You know who the hero was in Jesus Christ Superstar? Judas Iscariot is the hero. And Jesus Christ is the fool. He's called a jaded Mandarin. A jaded Mandarin is a glorified false leader. He's called an innocent puppet. Now I'm going to read the words to the opening overture to Jesus Christ Superstar. And I want you to see what, what they say about him. These words were spoken by Judas Iscariot to Jesus himself in the opening overture. He says, my mind is clearer now. At last, all too well, I can see where we all soon will be. If you strip away the myth from the man, you will see where we all soon will be. Jesus, you've started to believe the things they say of you. You really do believe this talk of God is true. But all the good you've done will soon get swept away. You've begun to matter more than the things you say. Listen, Jesus, I don't like what I see. All I ask is that you listen to me and remember, I've been your right-hand man all along. Was Judas Iscariot Jesus' right-hand man? Who was? Peter. Remember, I've been your right-hand man all along. You have set them all on fire. They think they found the new Messiah, and they'll crush you when they find they're wrong. I remember when this whole thing began. No talk of God then. We called you a man. And believe me, my admiration for you hasn't died. But every word you say today gets twisted around some other way and they'll crush you when they find they're wrong. Nazareth, your famous son, should have stayed a great unknown. Like his father carving wood, he'd have made good. Tables, chairs, and oaken chests would have suited Jesus best. He'd have caused nobody harm, no one alarm. Listen, Jesus, to the warning I give. Please remember that I want us to live. But it's sad to see our chances weakening with every hour. All your followers are blind. Too much heaven on their minds. It was beautiful, but now it's sour. Now you say... That's just a musical. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, no. We'll never know how many people were influenced by this. This play is still around today. You can still see it today. I don't know if it's the same people that, that did it back in, in the 70s, but you can still see Jesus Christ Superstar today. It has lasted all these years. We'll never know how many people were influenced away from the truth of Jesus Christ by listening to these words. This is just part of it. All the way through Jesus Christ Superstar, he's, he's shown to be a man had just lost control of what he was doing and had no idea that he was God. He didn't think he was God in the play or in the, in the musical. And the whole theme of Jesus Christ Superstar is that Jesus Christ was a fool who let himself get drawn away by what he was doing. A jaded Mandarin, a puppet. At the end of Jesus Christ's superstar, the play, he's on the cross, 
and he dies. He says, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, and everything goes black. No mention of him dying on the cross to pay for our sins. No mention of the resurrection. He failed. And, and Judas Iscariot was the one, only one who could see the truth. He's the hero, and Jesus is the puppet. I hate Jesus Christ Superstar. It was written by Tim Rice. I hope he gets saved before he dies. Because that was his idea of what Jesus Christ is. And it wasn't enough for him to just believe that himself. He had to get his message across. How many people have seen Jesus Christ Superstar? You'll never know. Millions and millions of people have been infected by the theme of Jesus Christ Superstar. It's a sad thing. You know who loves Jesus Christ Superstar? The devil. He loves it. Because it was his tool to get people to believe that Jesus failed. That Jesus was not God. He says it right in there, all the way through. You know, they, all the way through there's a, uh, what do they call that? People that sing in the background. All the way through, there's people, there's a choir singing in the background. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, who are you? What have you sacrificed? Jesus Christ, superstar, do you think you're who they say you are? All the way through, you hear that. The theme of Jesus Christ, superstar, is that Jesus Christ was just a man who, who just lost control of his actions. Just a puppet. That's what the devil wants the world to think that Jesus Christ is. But then, in verse 15 and 16, Jesus asked his followers, whom do you say that I am? In verse 15, back in Matthew 16, in verse 15, it says, And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter, the real right-hand man, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You are God. You are the Messiah. But he's more than that. Who do you say that Jesus Christ is on, on, on the media? Who do you think that Jesus Christ is? He's God. He's equal to the Father. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In John 10, 30, he said, I and my Father are one. Not only is he God, he's the creator. John 1, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 says, The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made the creator of the universe, and he humbled himself. Why? Because he loved us, and he needed to come and pay for our sins. I can't pay for my own sins. I can't pay for your sins. I can't pay for anybody's sins. But the Son of God paid for my sins, and the Son of God paid for your sins. When he was on the cross and he said, it is finished, he didn't mean his life was finished. He meant the atonement, the price that was necessary to pay for the sins of the whole world was finished. 
The Bible says that he is the, I always say precipitation. He is the, what's the word I want? Help me, help me. Propitiation. Thank you. Who said that? Give her a gold star. He is the, amen, for our sins. But not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Can you imagine the sins of the whole world? How many sins is that? Billions? Trillions? When he hung on that cross, yeah, he suffered physically a lot. The Bible says he suffered more than any man. But when he hung on that cross and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Hast thou forsaken me? Why did God forsake him? Because the sins of the whole world were on his body. And God cannot look upon sin. And God the Father cast his anger and his wrath upon his own son for us. How do you think that made them? How would you feel if you had to die for your son? Or you had to watch your Sorry, I said that wrong. If you had to watch your son die for something you did wrong, how would you feel? That's how God felt. It wasn't just Jesus. It was bad enough for Jesus, but the father had to see his own son do that for my sins. If I was the only one on the earth, he still would have had to die for my sins or you. But he died for the sins of the whole world. Bible says in 1 Corinthians, uh, Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He's the creator, folks. We see it in Genesis 1.1. We see the Father, we see the, the Spirit of God, and we see over here that the Son was involved. The Trinity was involved in the creation of the universe. It wasn't the Big Bang. It's not evolution. Ah, oh, that's right, Aaron. Aaron's my son. Brendan, my grandson. <laughs> it's not any of that baloney. It's created. God made it. From what? From nothing. Stephen Hawker once said, the universe created itself. Why? Because it had to. That's what he said. Does that make sense? He didn't want to believe. You know who Stephen Hawker was, that guy in the wheelchair who used to do things with his the pen? He was, a great he was a great physicist, but he was a fool because he didn't believe in, in the creation. Jesus is not just the Messiah. He is God. He is the creator, and he is, oh, there's the word right there, the atonement. In 1 John 2, 2, it says, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. That word propitiation is the Greek word halasmos, and halasmos means an expiator, an atoning victim. Jesus is the atoning victim. What is a victim? Someone who does something for somebody else. He was the victim. We are the sinners. He was the victim. Does that, does that seem fair to you? Why did he do that? 
because he loves us, because he loves you, because he loves me. John 19 says, And when Jesus therefore received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. He's the propitiation for your sins, my sins, for the sins of the whole world. And lastly, he's the only Savior. Buddha is not the Savior. Confucius is not the Savior. Allah, I mean, uh, Allah is not the Savior. That's the, who's the Mohammed, sorry. Mohammed's not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. Acts 4.12 says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Like I said, Buddha is not the Savior. Anybody that you can think of other than Jesus is not the Savior. Why? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So who is he when he says, who do you say that I am? Is he God to you? Is he the creator? Is he your atonement? Is he your only savior? Who is he to you? John 3.18 says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Not because your good works outweighed your sin. Not because you kept the law. Not because you were a good person. Not because you were sinless. Some people think they're sinless. But because you believe not. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son of God shall not see wrath, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Do you want the wrath of God to abide on you? I don't. I don't. It is a fearful thing to fall under the wrath of God. Do we deserve the wrath of God? Yes, we do. Who took our place? Jesus did. I still do that when I say Jesus. That comes from the Catholic. I was a Catholic for 18 years, and whenever we said Jesus, we had to do that. Wow, I had, I don't know, I still do it. It's a habit. Sorry. What was I saying? Do you want the wrath of God? Do, those of you that are on social media, do you want the wrath of God to abide on you? I don't want the wrath of God to abide on me. I don't have to worry about that because I have trusted in Jesus my Savior and the wrath of God abided on his own son in my place. And when I die, he's going to take me home to a place that he's prepared for me. He's going to say, the lake of fire is not for you, son. I took that upon my own body. So, the question is, 
who is he to you? Is he just a puppet? Is he just a jaded Mandarin? Is he just some guy who lost control of himself, who thought that he was God, but he really wasn't? Is that what he is to you? Or is he God? Is he the creator? Is he your atonement? Is he your only savior? The answer to that question is up to you. God does not force anybody to trust in Jesus as their savior. We have to make that decision. And those that make that decision and believe need not worry about the wrath of God abiding upon them because the wrath of God abided upon his own son. So, my prayer to this morning, in closing, is that if there's anybody out here, as I look around, I think you're all saved. But on social media, my question to you is, who do you say Jesus is? Is he just a man? Is he just some, some person who lost control of himself? Is he just a puppet? Is he just a jaded Mandarin? Or is he your savior? I pray that if there's anybody out there or anybody here who does not know Jesus as their savior, to pray and ask him to come into your life and save you. Yes, Jesus died for your sins. He died for my sins. But he doesn't force you to believe that. It's up to you. You have to believe. If you don't believe, the wrath of God will abide on you. If you believe, you have heaven. It's as simple as that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Everything that was said today comes from your word. You've shown us from your word how we can avoid, how we can escape the wrath of God by trusting in Jesus Christ, the Savior, not the superstar, but the Savior, the Savior of me, the Savior of those who trust in Christ as their Savior. And I pray that if there's anybody out there on social media or here that has not yet done that, then I pray that you would touch their heart and lead them to the only way to have salvation, that's by trusting Christ as their Savior. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.